0: You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. So I think, again, like part of Kona, I think it's always going to favor. I say it always, not all, but it makes it easier for someone who, like the run is their real strength to always do well there. Because if you can get yourself in a nice draft line, with that kind of course with how it's rolling and the kind of conditions you can definitely like save loads on the bike if you're in that right path. whereas I feel like St George because of like the hills and stuff you have to be able to ride like you don't get like there's obviously parts where you can get a bit of benefit being in a group but like if you can't ride off a hill like everyone's having to ride up at a certain power basically like that either hurts your legs or it doesn't so I feel like St George was a bit more of a an all-round triathlete kind of course whereas I feel like Kona obviously I feel like if you are the best all-round athlete you're probably still going to win but like I think you can if you look at the top 10 I think you often get loads of people that kind of the run is their real strength they've played a really clever tactical race up to that point which yeah again like that's kind of that is part of racing so like, I'm not saying like that's wrong
1: just it's different <laughs> Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today, on the Marnie on the Move Kona 2022 Triathlon series, I sync up with British professional triathlete Ruth Assel. Ruth is a two-time Ironman champion. She came in fifth place at Ironman World Championships in St. George in 2022, back in May. And in 2019, Ruth won first female age grouper overall in Kona at the 2019 Ironman World Championships before she went pro. Ruth and I sync up about how she got her start in triathlon when she earned her spot on the Zwift Academy triathlon development team, her love of cycling, gravel, and what she's looking forward to in Kona this week. We also talk about how she continues to balance a career in banking with being a pro triathlete and so much more. If you're just dialing in, it is the Super Bowl of Triathlon this week. The 2022 Vinfast Ironman World Championships taking place in Kailua Kona for the first time in three years. All week long on the Marnie on the Move podcast, you will hear from top professional athletes and thought leaders from around the globe in the world of triathlon. Over 100 pro triathletes and over 5,000 top age groupers from around the globe come together for this 140.6 mile adventure and journey. And for the first time ever, it's a two-day event, October 6th for the women's race and October 8th for the men's race. You can tune in live on Peacock or on Ironman's official Facebook Watch, YouTube, and Twitch channels to watch athletes compete on this iconic race course where there is a $750,000 prize purse. Also, if you haven't tuned in to our live pop-up series from St. George World Championships and want to learn about the 15 pros and age groupers I interviewed from around the globe, I will include a link in the show notes for episodes 225 through 236. And if you didn't catch yesterday's episode with Sky Munch, I highly recommend you do. Now, on to my conversation with Ruth. How are you balancing, relaxing, and then hardcore into Kona?
0: I mean, the whole focus is Kona. Like, the PTA race is a kind of nice little tune-up, hopefully. So, like, for me, it's very much... Like, that distance for me is not really a competitive distance at the moment while I'm still working on my swim. So, yeah, very much going in as a... Because the prize money pays so deep, even if I have like a really terrible race it basically covers my flights so I was like and it's fun to race like it's way more fun to go and race and have that as like a hard training day than doing a hard training day by yourself so I agree um yeah yeah. so I was like it makes sense it's the right kind like with it being a bit shorter actually it's almost easier to justify doing it that close to Kona like I, I was worried it was too close initially but i spoke to my coach will yeah. quite a lot to kind of say will it work and he was like yeah i think we can make it work so but yeah i'm not that's not my main focus i'm not going to be like really
1: tapering for it um got it it's part of your training and in leading into kona
0: yeah, Which and like, I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm not saying that as a like, oh, don't expect anything from me because like, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going into that race hoping people expected stuff from me at that distance at this point. Yeah, with like where I'm at. Well, so, of course
1: you're gonna bring yeah. your A game. I mean, that you're yes, a professional athlete, a <laughs> and I'm sure that you yeah. will. But I mean, you know, let's just rewind here for a second. You talking about business? Being a, pro- a professional triathlete is your full time job now but before you went pro and before you won the fastest female age grouper in Kona in 2019 you had a totally other job so talk Mm. to me about where that began sort of like your other job and how you kind of have moved more into this triathlon space now over the past like four years
0: yeah so um my (laughs) previous job
1: uh I i joined
0: the grad scheme for lloyd's banking group back in 2012 it must have been um just like worked various different things um around the group like basically got to generally doing kind of business management style roles like i'm very much uh, i like the high level of stuff uh i don't really like super detailed too much so yeah business management stuff was basically like supporting various heads of in parts of the business at the point of yeah 2018 i basically took on a new role that was going into like a more senior position basically supporting the guy that runs well not anymore but like did run like all of the it and tech stuff at Lloyds so it's like okay. also very <laughs> challenging role for me and that I'm not really a techie person as well and um, at the time we were like negotiating cloud contracts and all this kind of stuff and it was like whole new world and they all spoke this different language and I was like no idea what's going on but it was brilliant I like absolutely loved my boss loved working with him it was super intense and uh, like, I was probably working like 50, 60 hour weeks at that point and that also coincided with when triathlon was then also getting more serious so I actually did my First triathlon through Lloyd's. They had like a charity place at the London Triathlon and did that, quite enjoyed it. Like it was just a fun day. At the time, I was training for a marathon, like my first marathon, and uh was a bit bored of just running. So mm-hmm. actually, then doing a <laughs> triathlon, I was like, oh, I've done like a tiny bit of cycling. um Because I've got cousins who at the time were like obsessed with cycling. So I've done like a couple of like family cycles um I was like I know how to swim <laughs> right uh and I was also so that was 2014 and I'd only moved so like the first couple of placements I did with Lloyds were actually out of London so I then had only kind of recently moved into London I was like actually if I go and join a tri club it's like a good way of meeting people it's like a social thing and then it's a competitive thing like I played a lot of hockey at university, and I kind of I definitely missed having something competitive. So I was like, triathlon seems to do that as well as having the social thing. Um, so yeah, I joined the local tri club in like 2015, and then there was all these like local races that I started doing. This was all at like sprint Olympic distance, right? Um, and then kind of. And obviously, the first thing I heard about was, oh, you can, like, race for your country. You can be, you know, you can race as an age grouper for British Triathlon. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I can get, like, kit that says GB I, on I, it. I,
1: totally. I, <laughs> um, seriously, I think we might be, have the same, like, brain. <laughs> so, yeah. I think I like, like oh, that. Because like, the kids I've are never, really cool, too. I mean. Yeah. I was never one of the
0: people, like, through school that was ever, like, that good at any of the sports. So, like, with hockey, like, I kind of, like, went to trials. Like, I I played some, like, county hockey, but I never got into, like, any of the better teams. Um, so, also, I was like, oh, like, I could actually be one of those people that, <laughs> like, for me at that point, I was like, that's, like, the pinnacle, like, going to race, age group, triathlon. Yeah. Um, so, then made it my mission. Like, obviously, in 2015, I was already too late to do any of the qualifying races. Um, oh, no, sorry, this is 2014 but then made it my mission to be, like, 2015, I want to go to the World Champs, um, and I did. I did, like, the duathlon European Champs earlier that year in, like, the worst weather possible. It was horrendous. Um, and then went to Chicago for the Olympic Distance Champs. And before, like, a month before Chicago, I actually then did my first longer-distance triathlon. So I went and did the Outdoors long course. Which was like absolutely brilliant. Other than <laughs> I tried, uh, I tried some sodium loading like the day before, first time I'd done it, and I had an awful tummy oh. for the whole race. But loved it I feel, regardless. I can
1: feel that pain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, awful. And It was a bit like in Chicago, kind of confirmed my like my swimmers know when they're good enough. All my run at that like to be competitive at this Olympic distance. Um, so let's move up to longer. And by this point, I'd also heard people talking about Kona and I was like, what is this Kona thing? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I was obviously like, at some point, I'm going to have to do an Ironman, but didn't do that until 2017. So, like, took a look. So, went and did the 70.3 Worlds in 2016. Um, I think I came third. And then did my first Ironman in Lanzarote in 2017. I mean, like, by that point, I'd already then started seeing stories of some of these pros like people like laura siddle who I was like oh like they'd started it later in life and like they've yeah. come from a corporate background like maybe i could actually be a professional athlete but in my head i was like i need to win kona i was like i need to win <laughs> kona first and i need to like win it overall yeah because i won it in 2018 my age group but i got beaten by two older ladies and i was very upset by that so yeah. i was like i need to and win it overall <laughs> And then I feel like I can, and I also was like, I want to be senior enough at work that I can either go part time or step out for a bit, and it would be easier to yeah. get back in.
1: Yeah, because um, it's a lot of
0: training. Well, more just I like I wanted to make sure I had a safety net and um, and something to kind of still have that was a bit separate to triathlon. Um, so like I'm still doing two days a week at the moment, like spread across the week, because it's like. Well, it's more like kind of, and I may be at a point now of being like, maybe at some point I'll stop. But at the moment it's been good to have something mentally to do because I feel like triathlon's very, can be quite intense and always doing like training It's such a like physical thing.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I kind of need something separate from that. Partly to put it in perspective of like, Trifle is just sport mm, <laughs> and yeah. it's great but you know those days when you're feeling a bit rubbish you're like oh there's like so much more out there um and like definitely through covid it was a death like definitely a lifesaver having yes. like work Presenters yeah. then it was like, oh, it doesn't matter
1: that this is my first pro year and there's no races. <laughs> I can do this instead. It's really, like, mentally hard no matter what you do. You could be a pro athlete. You could you have a job. It could be your own company. It's it's hard to put, like, everything in one, like, all your focus in one thing. But everybody always says how it's so important to focus. So it's, like, really confusing, this messaging in the universe. But I, I think we all learned during COVID that – you know, it's good to have like a little bit of a backup plan that you can kind of pivot mm. to, especially for athletes. I mean, that was crazy, but races are back. Sorry, tea delivery. <laughs> what kind of tea do you drink?
0: Normally Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire. Like tea. normal. Like, I guess like breakfast tea. Okay. Um I'm also quite a, like herbal fan, like
1: herbal at night. Um
0: yeah. So yeah, Yorkshire herbal,
1: basically. Okay, I feel like that's like a very tricky question to ask someone from from England. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just yeah. going to stay in my lane over here in New York City, I <laughs> <make a touch laughs> drink coffee, and yeah. I try all tea. But actually, yeah, all right, I'll just tell you. I like Earl Grey.
0: I quite like Earl Grey. Yeah, If I'm in the right, I have to be in the right mood. Yeah. But so not all the time.
1: I want to yeah. get into tea. It's like wine. I had someone on my podcast a while ago from a company called Art of Tea, and they have really beautiful packaging and amazing loose tea. But I, I'm still not totally dialed in or immersed to the world of tea. You are the record holder for age group women Econa. Kona. And my buddy and friend, coach, he has been on the podcast. Dan Plews is the male. Mm. Uh, I, I know of him. He's actually really good friends with my coach, so... I hear quite I hear quite a lot about Dan. So he's the 2019. <laughs> I feel like he's the overall.
0: He is the overall. Yeah. I am second now in the overall overall time. <laughs> uh, which I was also quite annoyed to not get. that overall overall course record like record. Yeah. But I think Icone is one of those tricky ones, isn't it? Cuz like the conditions change so much the and the with like bringing in like the wave star and I think like this year will be really interesting for the women in particular, of, like, not having men around. Yes. Because that actually is one of the things I wish, like, I really wish I'd had that as an age grouper.
1: Yeah, it should be really interesting.
0: I think it'll be a much fairer race for the women this year.
1: You've been there already a few times to Kona. Have they both been just drastically different in terms of conditions? Um, Reasonably
0: different. Like, 2017 can't really actually can't really remember 2017 2018 there was like no wind Mm -hmm. it was weird 2019 was like nice amount of wind not too hot like 2019 was good like was really good conditions um I feel like 2018 with no wind um just made it like quite hot yeah so yeah and like for me I sort of I need a bit of wind because one of my main like, strengths is actually just being like really Aero on the bike. so wind, wind is good for me. but yeah, we'll see. I think you just get whatever you, obviously you just get whatever you're given and it's how you deal with it. And yeah we'll see see how it goes.
1: What is it that you love about Kona besides that it's the world championship? What about the course and being in and the, the, on Hawaii like on the island, the big island? I, I really hate the course to be honest. <laughs> out of all the courses I've done it's probably the worst um
0: other than yeah I love the swim yeah like actually the swim is amazing because I mean where else do you get to swim with like dolphins and turtles around and then like the sea like that that kind of swimming love it like if I could swim like that every day I would probably be a much better swimmer but yeah, I mean, the bike's miserable, the run, like, the bit on Alihi Drive is fun on the run, and then the rest of it's miserable. Yeah, it's hard,
1: yeah. mentally, it, sounds like, and physically, like,
0: yeah. A lot of it, because I feel like the course isn't really, it's just not set up for spectators. Right. And I think, for me, that's often what makes a course great, because you get, like, spectators. Like, yeah. um, I was recently actually a spectator in Sweden, and that was, like amazing like honestly like all around the bike like lots of little villages people set up their tents for like all day to be there and on the like the run like the middle of the town center was like packed like heaving with people and I feel like you do get that a bit on Alihi Drive but then like nowhere else because obviously no one can get out anywhere because of road closures so yeah I think for me that's probably what makes it not as good but then I think yeah as I said like the swim's amazing the rest of it is just it's just hard because it's like it all looks the same so there's not really anything that exciting to look at and distract you when you're hurting. Yeah. The conditions are obviously quite hard usually and um and then yeah because it's world champs everyone's obviously super fit and you're racing all the best in the world so that also makes it hard. <laughs> so did you like Utah better? It was beautiful. And it's just, the course was like pretty savage, but I think <laughs> yes, in some ways that kind of, so I think again, like part of Kona, I think it was always going to favor, I say it always, not what but it makes it easier for someone who, like the run is their real strength to always do well there because if you can get yourself in a nice draft line with that kind of course with how it's rolling and the kind of conditions you can definitely like save loads on the bike if you're in that right Mm -hmm. pack whereas I feel like St George because of like the hills and stuff you have to be able to ride like you don't get like there's obviously parts where you can get a bit of benefit being in a group but like if you can't ride up a hill like everyone's having to ride up at a certain power basically like that either hurts your legs or it doesn't. So I feel like St George was a bit more of a an all round triathlete kind of course. Whereas I feel like Kona, obviously I feel like if you are the best all round athlete, you're probably still gonna win. But like I think you can if you look at the top ten, I think you often yeah. get loads of people that kind of the run is their real strength. They've played a really clever tactical race up to that point Mm -hmm. which yeah again like that's kind of that is part of racing so i'm not saying like that's wrong right just it's different
1: all right shout out to our series partners neotine neotine is my new favorite protein and electrolyte supplement It's the perfect quick hit after a training session for a protein boost and rehydration. It's easy to use. Just add one of the single-serve packets to water. Neotine's protein packets are great for a ride, run, or busy day on the go. They fit into your pockets or your bag. Made in the USA with straightforward, high-quality ingredients, Neotine has no unnecessary additives, sugars, or fillers, it's just 45 calories with a light, refreshing flavor that tastes great. Founder, triathlete, and mom worked for years to develop a protein supplement that provided the protein she needed that tasted great and was easy to add to her busy life. Right now, it's time to start smart fueling and getting the nutrients you need. Neotine is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 20% off. Use our code MARNI20, that's marni N I two zero on their website, neotine.com. That's N-E-O-T-E-I-N, to get started. Also, shout out to series partners, Revitin. Revitin is my go-to when it comes to toothpaste and oral health. I have been using it for years. Revitin is a prebiotic toothpaste that is an all-natural vitamin and mineral-rich formulation that gently cleanses, whitens teeth, and freshens breath while helping to restore gums and reduce harmful plaque. It's free of SLS, synthetic detergents, or additives, and contains no harsh chemicals, fluoride, artificial colors, sweeteners, or dyes. Created by biologic dentist Dr. Jerry Curitola, years ago when he recognized the need for a new and effective oral care product that could support sustainable health within the mouth. Revitin fosters a balanced oral environment with beneficial microorganisms that optimize nutrient absorption and act as the body's first line of defense. The oral microbiome is the gateway to optimal full body health. So make sure you take care of it with a great toothpaste that does not have fluoride or harmful chemicals. Get started now with Revitin Prebiotic Toothpaste. Use our code MARNI15 at Revitin.com to jumpstart your health. That's M-A-R-N-I 1515 at Revitin, dot com. Now, back to our conversation. No, I totally get what you're saying. It, the whole thing is one sport, but there are some people that just do better in different areas that excel yeah. and are, whether they're physically built that way or they just excel in their training. Mm. I feel like I'm a runner. That's my body type. And I love cycling. And I've been really working mm. on building up my muscles and like really getting stronger on the bike. And I love climbing, and but I'm not fast. And I'm cool mm. with that. But, you know, I love it. I enjoy just the challenge, the mental challenge, because on a flat in Kona and it's the highway until you get to almost to Javi, right? Like you're the halfway point, Yeah. it's really kind of just open road and it's hot. And, just, yeah. you know, so there's not a lot to see. But, yeah, and I, I think St. George was gorgeous. It's like a beautiful yeah. course. I wish I had FOMO. I was like hosting the podcast and all I wanted to do was go for a bike ride.
0: <laughs> yeah, but St. George is good. I would love to also, if I'm very biased, uh, have it in Europe one year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe that, you know, who knows what they're going to do. I mean, this year, I don't know. It sounds like they're on board for another year in Kona with the men's and women's races being on two different days, they already announced it. But I like that there's other championship events now Mm. for people, for athletes, like PTO is great. I haven't been to one yet. But what's going on with a British national gravel? I mean, clearly you love (laughs) cycling if you're also doing some gravel. I do love cycling. Gravel is like quite a new thing for me. Um, That was
0: definitely like pandemic, had some time, got a gravel bike, went exploring. It was great. Although I have to like british gravel is very different to american gravel i okay. feel like american gravel is like actual gravel like nice wide like fire tracks of okay. like nice yeah. gravel british gravel is often like basically kind of mountain bike tracks okay but <laughs> you kind of go down on a gravel bike <laughs> um there's, there's
1: no, no we suspension. have like obviously
0: yeah. yeah we have some that is like more like but it's all like narrow Yeah, So I feel like I've seen, obviously, like, lots of pictures of some of, like, the massive American gravel races. Right, like, unbound gravel,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: and it's, like, that looks like there. That's definitely on my list of, hopefully, like, next year or the year after, come and do some proper, like, American gravel races. They just look so cool. But, yeah, no, last year, it was, like, a complete whim. My boyfriend was going to do the race, so I was, like, if I'm going to come and have a bit, because we had, like, a couple of other things around it. So I was, like, I'm going to be there anyway. I might as well race. Uh had, like, zero expectations because <laughs> I was, like, technical riding is not really my skill. Mm-hmm. Like, power and being aero is more my skill. Going around corners, not so much. Um, and I knew I was racing some girls that are, like, proper cyclists and can definitely corner.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think because they just didn't know who I was, I managed to just make a break for it and they weren't really worried about me. They didn't, they didn't so, try like, to block you. <laughs> Yeah, and just kind of went, had a lot of fun. But yeah, it was really cool because it was like a whole like weekend event. They had all these other events around it, and it was just like really chilled, nice vibes.
1: It was fun. I'm curious, just because I see a lot of pro triathletes competing in gravel, like Heather Jackson, Jocelyn McCauley, we're at Unbound Gravel. Do you have to register to be a professional cyclist? like the way that you get your pro card for triathlon to compete in those races? Or can you, anybody compete? Do you know? I've got no idea how it works in America. Okay. In
0: England, if you're doing, uh, I don't know if we had to for the national gravel. So it's like in, in Eng- like in Britain, we've got lots of different race licenses. You get a different bike racing. Mm-hmm. so I thought oh, maybe I did it through my road life I yeah I actually have no idea I can't remember if there was a specific gravel one but generally you have to generally it's the same as the triathlon license you have mm-hmm. to have because I think it's like an insurance thing okay um, and for the road cycling which I don't think they have the gravel but for road cycling it's like you have different categories Right. and you start at the bottom and basically work your way up um, to elite and then Uh. And then from elite, you're either just stay elite or you get picked to go on to like a protein. System. Got
1: it. Yeah, yeah was I think in gravel,
0: yeah. I don't think there's enough gravel yet that they've regulated it like that. But mm-hmm. I feel like maybe at some point they will have different categories. Interesting. I also might be completely wrong. So someone might connect me and be like, you know,
1: well, somebody no needs to let me about. know because I mean, I probably should just ask everyone at USAT, right? They would know. So talk to me about Zwift. You were part of the Zwift Triathlon Academy, so I, I love Zwift. That was before you went pro. That was
0: 2019. 20,
1: yeah. It was 2019? So is that what got you to Kona, like being part of their program? Um, no, I'd already qualified. Okay. That's partly why they pit me. <laughs> they like people that have
0: already qualified
1: because then yeah.
0: they don't have to worry about that. Yeah, It, like, it was a really cool experience for that year and definitely helped a bit with when I went pro in terms of some of the kit they'd already given us because yeah. we got to keep it all. So,
1: they have a nice kit.
0: Yeah, and it was obviously like the bike, the helmet, the bike shoes, like everything uh, it was very cool. So, yeah, but it just, it just made that Kona experience like, yeah, I mean, going back this year is going to be very different to how it was in 2019. It's like they put us up in this amazing house. Yeah. We had a chef. We had like a mechanic we yeah. got driven around everywhere. It
1: was, like, ridiculous. I, saw, I did some interviews at the Zwift house in St. George. Mm. And I was like, wow, this should be a show, like a reality show. It was next level. Like, they had yeah. Sarah True was there. And they had a chef. And they had those really nice vans. And they had, yeah, and I feel like that's important when you go and do a race like this. Especially when you're traveling, like, to the other side of the planet. You need support. Yeah. You need a team. It's really game-changing
0: yeah well and especially at the moment because it basically saves you like 10 grand
1: (laughs) oh yeah no having the house oh my god so it's really expensive in Kona to to travel there I don't know if it's every year or if it's just this year because of inflation I think that's always obviously been expensive I think even the couple of
0: years I did it before that year was with I reckon it was probably still like a four to five grand trip yeah. Fish. Um but this year is definitely worse. Like the accommodation is like ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And are you you're going um, with other you're staying with other athletes? You're traveling there with other athletes or you're Yeah. I um I well, A I have a great
0: sponsor who is also great. contributing to awesome. the house. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, and I'm sharing. I think if you have like quite a big house, you can make it cheaper.
1: Yeah. Who are some of the amazing sponsors that you're working with this year? So we can give them some love, shout out on the podcast. Shout out! Um, so I've got my lovely bike with Argon 18, um, which is great. Very good for small
0: people. Anyone else who's small? Um. I was just
1: going to ask you about that because I was looking. We, yeah. we were looking. My partner and I were looking at that bikes when we were looking for mm. bikes last year. Yeah, I am small. I'm like five one. So yeah. it's a good. It's, it's like looks so like good. a good fit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then Never Second for nutrition. They're quite a
0: new company, but yeah. they've got like obviously carb, drink gels, protein, everything. Um, so they're really good. Um, I've got Hoop for wetsuits and swim skin. Yeah. The um, Stomp the pedal. My kit. Okay. Cool. So if you want to be bright and seen, that's the place to go. Hunt my wheels and then I've also been using CBD triathlete like the drops and the lotion which I've actually yeah. been using quite a lot the last few days <laughs> my legs have been pretty tired. Um and Incas which is like a little device that I mainly wear swimming which kind of gives you lots of different metrics for swimming. Oh
1: cool. Um
0: but also running I haven't done as much running with it um but it also picks up yeah different metrics for that.
1: Yeah, they're the main ones. You you must be super dialed. That's like the only way to really come in and place as a mm. pro. Like you have to be just so dialed into like numbers and nutrition and everything else.
0: Yeah, I think like definitely nutrition um, is really important for Man. I think kit and like sort of bike position definitely plays a part. Yeah, um, and being kind of comfortable. It's obviously a long way to go yeah I think all, like there is definitely part of like having numbers and being like this is what I want to aim for and what I can go up to on hills or whatever. yeah, but I also think actually then the main difference with pro racing is also thinking about dynamics of the race of like I don't know for me, it's generally like how far behind that main pack am I? Can I catch them? <clears throat> if I catch them and when I catch them, like at what point? And when, and do I then want to like, just sit there? Do I then want like, cause then it obviously depends who's still in that pack. Are there right. then people ahead? Like,
1: so there's loads of
0: different things to also think about other than just, this is the power that I want to push. And right. this is what my heart rate should be.
1: So if you can't see people, you don't know where they are. It's not like the Tour de France where you have a headset and like no. someone on your team is telling you. no. You're basically relying on,
0: that would be good. You're relying on like random people to give you splits that are probably wrong. Yeah. So don't (laughs) do that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Or turnaround points to then see people. But obviously some courses you don't really have turnaround points. So yeah, like St. George, I basically had no idea where I was or where anyone else was. There was a point on the first big loop, uh, like the Veo loop, where I could see the helicopter that was following Daniela and Kat um, so I could I could get a sense of how far ahead they were. I was like, oh, they're quite far ahead. Uh, so <laughs> like, um, but yeah, other than that, there wasn't anywhere really to like see where you were or where. Oh, there was one like turnaround point before that. But yeah, Kona. You basically don't have any idea until you get to that Harvey turnaround. And right. then you can see people coming the other way. And you're like, right,
1: <laughs> okay, this is how
0: far ahead you are.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. I guess that's part of the sport, right? It's just the not knowing, not knowing what the weather's going to be, not knowing what's going to happen, nothing. It's like, it's like trying to be perfect in a totally inconsistent, non-not knowing situation. Do you have a go-to inner mantra or thing that you say to yourself that when you are really in a challenging point that you, that helps push you forward? I actually generally try and think about
0: like the people that have supported me. Yeah. Um, And like part of that is kind of like family, close friends. But then also I like, actually I thought about it a lot in St. George. Of like lots of moments there where I was like, this really hurts. I'd really like (laughs) to stop. Um, But I was also thinking a lot about like my, the tri club that I initially started with. So I'm still like really good friends with lots of people from that. And, um, thinking about like the whole kind of pro journey of like, oh, like this is my first world championships. Think about, you know, like all the messages I had from people kind of from the tri club. Oh, it's so cool to see you go to the world champs as a pro and, yeah so a lot and like so some of the messages that both people I know and random people send of like oh like you've helped inspire me to this I think about a lot of that when I'm in a tough point because I'm like if I've helped inspire someone to go and like do a triathlon or do something active or whatever it is like that definitely helps kind of push me on but also in St. George, like, also I also had some family there watching. So I was like, it'd be really embarrassing. if
1: I pulled out and they've come all this way to watch me. So I, was like, I better at least get to the finish. Yeah. <laughs> and you did in a very good time. Mm. So I know you're not the most excited about it, but you still. Oh, no,
0: I, I was super excited okay. about it. Still su- like, sorry, the way I was talking about it. Yeah, no, I was super excited about it. Still
1: yeah.
0: am. Yeah. Um, but it's always hard because like, I feel like Ironman always hurts so much. So yeah. Until you get to the finish line, you're like, why is this so long? Why am I doing such a silly sport? Yeah,
1: I mean, I get that. And you start to say, why did I sign up for this? Why am mm-hmm. I here? Why am I doing this? Like, I don't have to do this. I could do something else. But we love it. And you love it. I mean, it's, you know, when, yeah. when you come to the finish line, it's such a huge achievement, no matter what. Each grouper, professional athlete – World champion. I mean, it's still awesome. When you're not doing triathlon, I was on your website. I saw that you like cooking wine and chocolate. <laughs> yes. Do you do all those things? I mean, together? I gather. <laughs> I was going to say, I like all that whilst I'm also doing triathlon.
0: So yeah. Oh, wow, you're <laughs> it's awesome. It's not one is exclusive from the other. <laughs> yes, definitely. If anyone ever wants to buy me presents, <laughs> chocolate, wine, chocolate and wine. Or food is like any food, really.
1: I feel like it I'll all think. goes well together. Are you are you yeah. cooking now? You you said you have a house when you're in Kona. So are you are you in charge of all the cooking? Like is that your? Oh, I think we'll all be quite separate. Um okay. I feel like athletes in the lead up to a big race, have got, like, so nervous, can be quite
0: particular. Yeah. Slash, yeah. I think when you then also have big groups and people are doing different training and stuff, it yeah no, I will probably be cooking for me and maybe maybe Jack, who does a lot of my photography, because him and his girlfriend will be staying in that house, so yeah. I might might treat them maybe
1: do you have like a favorite cuisine that you like to cook?
0: No, I like everything
1: you do. I'm doing a yeah. whole series with different chefs at restaurants I like in the city in New York oh, City, cool. yeah, I' usually like try to mix it up I think I like went overboard with triathlon (laughs) possibly you know 30 interviews (laughs) but I also love triathlon but I'm having some cool chefs on in October so I've been interviewing them well this has been so great wonderful to meet you on the podcast and is there something you wish you knew as an age grouper that you know now as a pro just enjoy it and have
0: fun and don't take it too seriously awesome
1: that's great Thank you. Cool. Good luck. Have fun. Thank Have you. an awesome, awesome trip. We'll be cheering for you over here in New York City. Lovely to chat. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram. Head over to our website, marnieonthemove.com for more info on this episode links in the show notes and of course sign up for our quarterly newsletter the download to get updates deals giveaways